0: What's up, fight fans? I am the mysterious creator of the Tommy Toll Show, and you are listening to the Bashio Talk podcast. With me, as always, Olympic skiing gold medalist Naya Rodriguez.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. We're back so soon. We've been, we were, we just posted like yesterday.
1: <laughs> well,. The duty calls, you know,
0: indeed duty does call a big, big card that happened uh, over the weekend UFC 246. Uh, Should we should we just jump right into it?
1: Let's do it. All right. So
0: let's start with Anthony Pettis. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares about any of the other fights on this card, to be honest with you. Let's talk about the main event. It was Conor McGregor, Donald Cerrone. Conor coming back for the first time since he lost to Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, it's been quite a long time. That fight took place in October of 2018. So all the way from then to now was the layoff. Uh, people wondering, you know, does he still have it? How was this going to affect him? fight lasted 40 seconds pretty much destroyed donald cerrone it was um it was something he uh he hit him with some weird shoulder strikes he kicked him in the face and then he finished him on the ground yeah it was uh it was about as good a performance you can get he actually was hit with nothing. Uh, he got hit zero times, and um, and that was that as far as the fight. Now, we've obviously got a lot to talk about outside of that, but in terms of the fight itself, what'd you think?
1: There's no way to deny that that was an impressive win by Conor McGregor. Um, it was, you know, what's funny is when he came out the way he did, I, I thought to myself, doesn't anyone ever learn with this guy? Like, right. to just not go rushing in to the center of the octagon with him at the start of a fight. I mean, didn't Jose Aldo teach anybody anything, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I was uh, I was incredibly impressed. I mean, he looked like the McGregor from three or four years ago, you know? Um, I definitely... I think that it shows that he's back. I just want him to show me that with somebody where, like, the stakes are higher, you know? Right. But as far as his physical performance i mean i think we all kind of gathered that he was going to win that fight uh me playing devil's advocate or not like the odds were definitely in his favor you know people oh, definitely yeah. had him over Cerrone. i wasn't shocked that it was so quick i was yeah. really shocked um and some of the punches that that mcgregor threw were absolutely br- brutal i mean looking at donald's face after that fight good lord there yeah. was a good you know there was a good what 30 seconds full minute where he or serrani was on his knees after that fight and he looked like he didn't even know where he was yeah i mean absolutely incredible job by mcgregor um i couldn't believe it <laughs> i mean you know that he has the advantage, but you'd think, you know, I thought Cerrone might might last a little bit longer. And that's no shade to him, obviously. Um, there's a reason why Conor McGregor is who he is, you know. But yeah, I, I kind of thought he'd come in with a different game plan. Um, and I think that it's the game plan that you have to take with a, with a type like McGregor, which is to wait. I don't, think anybody that has gone full blitz at the beginning of a fight with him has lasted i'm trying to think um
0: no i mean that's a good point yeah you definitely I mean, don't want the, the
1: wins have come at the end you know you like after wearing him down after breaking his spirit after the third round after you know what i mean like n- not giving him that easy first round 30 second 13 second yeah know, finish uh, that's when you see a frustrated McGregor. And so I was surprised uh, of the game plan. It could have been just emotions, you know, like, okay, we're here, let's do it. I mean, we we know Cowboy isn't the type to walk away from a fight. You know what I mean? Like if it's being brought right. to him, he's going to go for it. But I definitely thought that he would be a little bit more resourceful and that the fight would last a little bit longer. I thought he would keep his distance, try to kick the shit out of him, And just wear him down physically, you know, like make him expend as much energy as possible and then start attacking little by little like a like Diaz did. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't there. It's pretty rare that you get somebody and, you know, I just said Diaz and he's a perfect example that can take those kinds of blows and like still manage to make it into the further rounds. Not everybody can take yeah. that kind of punishment, you know? And so going in with, with McGregor and immediately trying to headbutt, <laughs> practically, I mean, the way that they collided at the center <laughs> of the octagon was like two bulls, like, ramming each other in the face, you know?
0: Yeah, that was um, weird.
1: So, yeah, I, I you can't just fight this guy with passion. Like, I'm sorry, that's not going to win you a fight against him. You have to be smart about how you fight that guy you have to you know there's a reason for the hype that he puts on leading up to a fight he wants you to get emotional he wants you to not think logically as an opponent we've seen the recipe for how to beat him and it's not by engaging with him in the first 10 seconds and a full-on you know uh rock'em sock'em robots so i was i was surprised that he went that route that he played the game he went he fell kind of like right into his hands you know um, but either way, I do respect him for getting into the octagon with him. It's like when somebody fights cyborg and you're like, well, we kind of figured that would happen, but still, I don't know how much money you'd have to pay me to get into an octagon with cyborg. It'd have to be yeah. a lot. <laughs> like it would have to cover hella medical expenses. Cause we know I I'd, I'd be looking busted after something like that. Right. Ah. So I do give, I do commend him for taking a fight that is not an easy fight. Regardless of how much money's involved, you know, like looking at him in the post fight speech, certainly a graceful, uh, a graceful loss. You know, he he took it like a champ, um, very gracious in his speech and just talked about how much he loved MMA and loved being a fighter. But he looked different than I think he has looked in the losses of other fights. You know what I mean? Um, he looked a little bit more. I don't know what the word is.
0: Well, I think he was embarrassed a bit.
1: It could have been that, yeah. I mean, he literally threw
0: one strike and it didn't land.
1: Yeah, I I completely understand that. Um, That could have been it, for sure. I mean, he probably thought he would fare a lot better. Well, I mean, you're also talking
0: about the biggest fight of his career in terms of, like, visibility, too. Yeah, yeah. And he went out there and, and just got destroyed. level mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that definitely, like, you know, for people that have not seen him fight before, it's not they wouldn't get an accurate representation of his ability based off that fight. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when people fight McGregor, like, they're different after. I think Poirier is one of the biggest examples of that. Um, he literally feels like a different man. After that McGregor fight, you know, so I don't know. I hope he's OK. Obviously, Donald is. Um, I think it says a lot about you just to take the fight to begin with. A lot of people talk about wanting to fight him, but they probably would find some reason not to, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. Um, but yeah, obviously an incredible performance by McGregor. Now I want to see it again, but I want to see it with something on the line, you know, because how yeah. much money you're making doesn't compel me to do anything or like you making a comeback or whatever like that doesn't compel me to do anything watch your fight support anything you know i want to see a tough fight
0: yeah i want to see a
1: fight where people are like i don't know who's gonna win this fight not well he's back so let's pretend like that's enough does that make sense
0: oh no totally it does because when i you know um when i was watching it afterwards everybody was going nuts and you know it was this big i don't know. It felt like a whole lot of celebrating for nothing. Like I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not taking away from you know, obviously he did. He had a great performance, and uh, you know, clearly that was that was fantastic. Uh, nobody's beaten Donald Cerrone like that ever. And you know, Donald is a, a game guy. It didn't work out for him on that night, but it's not to act like he's you know some kind of um, some kind of pushover. But at the right. same time, like you said, the stakes are nothing. This is someone that's built his career on the biggest, the most important moments. This is who I am. Like, I'm going to continually elevate my position to places that have never been before. And he tried to kind of, you know, I'm the first fighter that's ever got a knockout win at 145, 155, and 170. Well, that's a cool stat, but let's not act like, you know, that's the same thing as winning a world title or something. I think a lot of the reaction afterwards, well, I mean, I think it's all both ways. I saw a lot of overreaction, like, my God, this is... He's the best ever. It's like, guys, what, what did this really mean? And then I, I on the other hand, I also saw almost two uh, opposite, like, ah, who cares, whatever. It was just Donald Cerrone. So I think the, the balance should probably be somewhere in the middle there where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, it was an incredible performance against Donald. He looked great for the 44 seconds or the, for the for the 40 seconds he was in the cage. And, you know, take it at that. He's got he's to now step it up and fight in a fight that matters. And, you know... That that seems like a reasonable way to look at it instead of either, you know, oh, my God, he is the greatest fighter of all time. I knew it versus uh, oh that that literally told us nothing. It's it's in the middle, um, whether it, it now and personally, like I didn't really it didn't really mean a lot to me in terms of like, I kind of assumed this is what was going to happen. Maybe not as quick as it did, but I, I assumed Connor was going to win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nothing has changed about my thoughts on Connor at the moment. Mm. I don't. You know, it didn't, it didn't make me think, oh, wow, he's back. Cause I don't really know, you know, I didn't expect him to beat Habib. <laughs> you know, I didn't expect him to beat Habib in their first fight. And I, I wouldn't expect him to win in a rematch. And, and he talked about afterwards how when he fought Habib, he was in a bad place in his life and he was, you know, I don't know, not really focused on the game. And now he's refocused. And that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm sure that will help him tremendously. And, he looked great against Donald. I just don't know if you being in a good place versus you not being in a good place is going to make the difference against a guy like Khabib Nurmagomedov, who has the grappling background that he has. And that is the area that he could most exploit versus Connor. So, in that regard, I don't really see this being any different than I did before he won this fight. Because I guess, in my mind, it was already... Mostly a foregone conclusion. I w- obviously, you can never count anybody out in mixed martial arts. I'm never going to say, oh, well, there's literally no way Cowboy Cerrone can win. But if I had a gun to my head and they said, what happens in this fight? I was going to say, I would say Conor Early. And, you know, that's that was, I think, the expectation for most people that watch the sport pretty regularly. So, yeah, to me, it was a whole bunch of nothing. And again, I know that sounds that sounds harsh. I'm not. I don't mean it that way. In terms of he did do something, he went out there and, yeah. and beat his ass, and it was an amazing performance. But in terms of where we go from here, nothing changed from the day before to today. Mm. It, it, there there is no difference in my mind. He still should not be fighting for a world title in either division. He will. But he should not, and we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. And you know the the same problems he might have, I would imagine he would have still. Uh. So yeah, to me, it, it, it's just it was a Conor McGregor fight. He won the fight, but there weren't really that high stakes, like you said. And here we still are. I didn't really feel that like oh my god feeling after this fight mm-hmm. that a lot of people were feeling. I, but I, I get also what you're wasn't saying. just yeah.
1: I think for me first i i feel like part of the reason that like it didn't land as well is the performance i mean in the shock and awe category of like what we're usually expecting when we see a mcgregor fight is first like the run up to the event like you have to have a perfect blend of so many things to make the cards pop off like his his fights used to you have to have the perfect media fury built be, be, before the fight. You have right. to have, you know, there's so many aspects of the McGregor brand that weren't present um, in the, the run-up to this fight. And so I think that kind of makes the fight feel far away, even when it's right in front of you. And then you have the fact that on this particular card, although I did find that there were some interesting fights on it, you know, you had a lot of people that weren't as well-known. Uh, you had a fight that got canceled. You had Holmes and uh, Pennington, which was, you know, I actually think Holly did a great job in that fight, but but overall it was a bit of a snooze fest, you know? And yeah. you have that leading into this main event. And so the the pacing was off, you know, for the event. And when you... When you're off like that, it, it makes the main event feel like it's already a letdown, like regardless of what happens, you know? Um, so I think that that didn't help. I mean, you heard the booing in the home Pennington fight. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, what I will say, though, is for me at least, I did one of the takeaways for McGregor was he hasn't, because when somebody, because you had mentioned, you know, I don't really see how this helps him, how this... Uh, and I agree in, in the sentiment in regards to who's next in line for the belt, what's going to happen when if he gets a shot to fight for the belt. In regards to his comeback, though, I think it helps him in that aspect. Because a lot of fighters, when they take that much time off, yeah, they try to come back and they just don't feel like the same person. Um, they play it safe, or they just don't have they don't seem to have like what they had the spark that they had before so i think from the from the perspective that he did take some time away it showed that he hasn't fallen backwards in his fighting like he's still crisp as hell he still has the power that he had before um so i think in that regard at least it gets rid of the question of who's he going to come back as. You know what I mean?
0: That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's something I hadn't really considered, I guess. But yeah, you're right. Like, that is, you know, we were talking about that. Which what? Who is the McGregor that's coming back? Well, it's clearly, you know, a McGregor that's still very much in the prime of his career. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, so then the question becomes, what can Prime McGregor do with the competition he intends to face? Given the current landscape, yep. Right. So yeah, you're you're right. That's a good point. And again, I'm not I don't want to try to take anything away from his win, um, because I thought yeah he did exactly what he needed to do when he went out there. That's the kind of performance you're supposed to have if you're if you're this elite guy and you're fighting Donald Cerrone and he did. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to take away from it. I just I'm looking at it like and and you're right. I, I hadn't really considered like the idea that Connor might come out and look like shit, right? Um,
1: which he did. Or be you know, he's, you know have that that. That cage rust that sometimes people get when they've been gone for a while.
0: Yeah, so no no cage rust, no anything like that. He looked looked great, and he sounds as motivated as ever to do what he wants to do, to do his thing. And obviously, he's accomplished amazing things. I'm not saying he hasn't.
1: No, of course.
0: I, it's just that the road he is currently attempting to traverse is going to be pretty. I mean, if he's able to do what he wants to do, it would be unbelievable, and maybe obviously that's what he's aiming for—is mm-hmm. to do things that are unbelievable. But at the moment, nothing. I guess. Well, so I guess in that regard, with as high as he, his hopes are, that is that's what's not changed for me. Like, I, I don't look at that performance and go, "He can be beep now." I guarantee it. Like that—that that doesn't change that for me. But you're right. It does show us that he is back on track in terms of his training Mm -hmm. and he's focused and he wants to give his best performances. So the next time he is in the cage with Habib, chances are it's going to be the best Connor, not whatever the hell that Connor was that fought Habib the first time.
1: Right. Yeah. It's definitely one of those. It's like, it reminds me of that Pusha T diss track that he made on Drake,
0: Oh my god! <laughs>
1: what was the name of that? Um,
0: I can't remember what it was called.
1: Uh, Added on. What? What was? Wait, it's Drake's son's name. I think it's like Added On or some some shit like that. Anywho, but at the end of because you know Drake has that song that says I'm upset. He has that song right, called right. I'm Upset, right? And at the end of that disc, Pusha T says, "You know, you've got the album of the year, and you're talking about you're upset." Well, I wanna see what it's like when you get angry. You show me that, okay? And this conversation kinda reminds me of that where it's like, you know, you did you did good against Soroni, but like get back in with the bear and right. I wanna see what you do when you're angry. You know what I mean? Um and it's it's kind of a catch twenty two, right? Because it's like nobody is saying that he didn't have a great performance. But then it it feels like you're moving the goalpost on him, right? Like Right. I know that there's, there's a lot of people that want him to fail, and so it's easy to move the goalpost. But, but realistically, this is the goalpost that he set for himself, you know? Right. So it's not I, moving I, it, it's just yeah. asking him to meet it where he left it.
0: Right, exactly. But I think this goes back to what we were talking about when this fight first got announced. It's just not, it wasn't the right fight. I know Ariel defends it to the death, saying, like, come on, he needed a warm up fight. This is what he needed. But when you win your warm up fight in 40 seconds and didn't get hit once, clearly you were a bit above, you maybe overshot your warm up mm. a little bit. That's why the fight, that's so I think that's part of it too. The fight just doesn't feel. Like we talked about this, it didn't feel like a Connor fight week. Because what were the stakes? The, the stakes were really nothing. Like every Connor fight ever since Dennis Seaver has been an important and big deal, mm-hmm. right? He fights Chad Mendes for the interim title. He fights Jose for the real title. He's going to move up and fight RDA. He can't. He fights Nate. Oh my God, he loses on short notice. We got to have a rematch. Then he fights Eddie Alvarez, wins the title. Then he leaves and fights Floyd Mayweather. Then he comes back and fights Habib, and it's the biggest thing that's ever happened in MMA. And then he comes back and fights Donald Cerrone for just just because. Like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. One of these things is not like the other. It's like that, that kid's song. <laughs> One of these things just doesn't belong. Well... Mm-hmm. The one thing is the Donald Cerrone fight. So I think just the choice in general didn't make any sense. But I guess this will test the theory. Can Conor McGregor sell against anyone in any situation? Right. Probably.
1: Well, will we it won't be as- know. Oh,
0: of course we won't know. That's the problem, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dana White just said, numbers are insane, which, okay, whatever that means. You know, yeah. that doesn't Don't- mean anything.
1: No one believes your lies, lies, Dana.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, so it's like, who who fucking knows anymore? We're we're never going to know anymore, unfortunately.
1: Well, I mean, you know, they have a vested interest. Dana has a vested interest in making it look like the biggest thing in the world, regardless. Right, of course.
0: Yeah, he's a promoter. He's promoting.
1: So um, we can't trust you, Dana. We need the data. Give us the data. It's not that we don't love you. We just need the data, right? There's a lot of lies going on in 2019 and 2020 and we just can't trust anybody anymore you know right um yeah i think in regards to like what you said like the only where you're saying like there's nothing at stake there's no risk the only risk that's being taken is by everybody but conor mcgregor in the setup to that fight right the ufc's credibility uh obviously losing the way he did and looking the way he did when he did it you know and honestly he didn't even get paid that much Like when I think of how much somebody should make fighting Conor McGregor compared to what he probably made, I think that's pretty crazy. Like it takes two to tango. Yeah. You know, like maybe it would be better for Cerrone to just take two fights with average dudes instead of one big fight with Conor McGregor. It just, it doesn't seem like even for him, like there's a lot of upside to that. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The only people that really took a risk weren't, weren't Conor Right, And we'll see yeah. how it plays out for all parties in the long run, you know. But um, I do think that the crowd was there. I mean, I saw a lot of Irish oh, wives yeah. in the audience. And I would assume, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's Irish people that live in Las Vegas, you know. But I would assume that a lot of those people traveled to see that fight. Yeah, so, you know, that the base is there, you know, like the he still has that, those rider or dies, you know.
0: Yeah, oh no, for sure. Yeah, I, clearly the crowd was super into it, they were really loud. By the way, side note, the UFC really fucked up his post fight interview. Who's that? So, here's what who's, I noticed who's as interview? Connors
1: in what regard?
0: I was gonna, I, I wanted to talk
1: about for sure, wanted to talk about that post fight interview. But go ahead. Well, what were you going to say about I it? I couldn't understand a fucking thing he said. I thought it was just me because, you know, with my hearing issues. Oh,
0: I, no, I it wasn't you. It was just me. And here's what here's what happened. This was either uh, an accident that just occurred just during his interview, which I doubt. Or it was a conscious decision by whoever's running the truck. And it was the wrong decision. I'm sorry to say. So here's what happened, and the whole time I'm watching it live, I'm going, I can't understand. What, what are they saying? What is what is even Joe Rogan saying? Mm-hmm. Right? Because at first I was like, oh, well, you know, Connor is accent sometimes. You know, it's it's we don't always catch every word. No, that's not what it was. Right. They turned the microphone up. That it like the 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 arena microphones. We were hearing the crowd way louder during Connor's speech than any other part of that post fight or any fight on the entire card. And it wasn't just because the crowd was going nuts because you can isolate audio. Right. It, they clearly hadn't, they turned the audio onto like Omni or whatever, where it just catches audio from everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we were getting this weird echo effect.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought it was just during me, that interview. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like, cause uh, you know, I didn't catch any of it and um, I'd watch the fights with my brothers and I was asking them, I was like, what did Connor even just say? Because they were all going nuts. And they were like, oh, he was calling people out. And I'm like, okay. Well, yeah. then I go back and like study the audio on YouTube, like a fucking Zapruder film. <laughs> and I'm like fixing the audio and I'm trying to figure out what he said. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Did you realize he called out Paul Felder? Random. Yeah. Did you realize that? Nobody did. I, uh, there was nobody even talking about it. Paul Felder talked about it. But I thought Paul Felder was calling out Connor.
1: Yeah, I couldn't um, understand. You know, it's weird, as weird as it is. I wouldn't mind seeing a Felder McGregor fight.
0: No, I wouldn't either. I mean, it wouldn't make um, any sense in terms of business, but yeah, no. why, why not? Yeah. Um,
1: you know what's funny is, yeah, when I had heard it, because I, I, obviously wanted to hear what each fighter had to say, and I had, I was listening, and I had these headphones on because I was. Um, watching something on my iPad during the numerous like ads that they've put for the same event. Like, like you've already got us. Why do you keep putting these packages in, you know? Right. Oh my God. I pulled my my earphones out, and I was like, Am I just like not hearing this right? What the hell's going on? like I just could not figure out what it was or like did his accent yeah. get thicker right
0: no it was right? it was the echo of the audio it, it yeah. just made it impossible like what a what a disaster this is your biggest star these these moments matter so much right?
1: I don't think it was a disaster look, like you said like it's it was the only interview that this happened in. And right. I don't want to, like, get, pull, like, MMA conspiracy theorist guy, MMA conspiracy dude into this conversation. But, like, I think that, look, there was a humble McGregor pre-fight. And after, he started sounding a hell of a lot like the old McGregor, right? Um, like, a f- like a switch flipped and he couldn't help himself but to, like, revert to, like, being that dude, right? hmm <laughs> I don't think it was an accident that they just were like, take your win and shut the fuck up. Like they full on Ricky Gervaised him, you know, that he was like, take your award, thank your little God and fuck right off, you know, Um, maybe they were afraid that he was going to say something dumb as hell.
0: You know what? I had the opposite theory. You know what the theory I thought was? And this is why I thought it was so dumb because the crowd was already into it. I thought they amped it up so that it sounded like the crowd was going way crazier than they were.
1: It could be that too.
0: That was the other thing I was thinking, like, oh, make it sound like that the crowd's just going absolutely insane.
1: Right. They want to, like, make it seem like they'd, like, put the laugh track in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, what a what a stupid thing to do if you want to actually hear what the person's saying. Mm-hmm. But maybe you're right. Maybe it was the opposite. Maybe they're like, hey, we don't want him to screw this up. He's got all this goodwill. Let's just leave this as it is. And hopefully he doesn't say anything else uh, at right. the press or a press conference that's bad. But yeah, I mean, whatever the case was, the audio was really bad and as soon as he went to talk to Cowboy, suddenly the audio was good again. Imagine right. that, right? Like it, it's you, like, I come think on.
1: Maybe you're right, like you know, they they wanted to make it just sound crazy, like which yeah. goes to show the dog and pony show going on there. Oh like yeah. Just full on just wag the dog shit right there, you know, like Yeah, no. Boost him up. <laughs>
0: For sure. Like, uh, and and that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's totally something a production truck would do. Right. It's just that it sounded like shit. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, yeah. I mean, that, that interview has 8 million views on YouTube right right now.
1: That's so funny.
0: I bet you half the people didn't understand half the shit he said. Mm. Like I said, I had to go back over and over just to understand that he said something about the fool at the table over there talking about Paul Felder or the fact that he made fun of Jorge Masvidal's robe. Again, these are none of these things I caught in the moment. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't either. I've got a pretty good ear for audio. I do a lot of audio editing. And the first thing I thought as soon as the interview started was, why does this sound like shit? And it kept sounding like shit the whole way through. So yeah, uh, that, that really bothered me. I thought, what the fuck? This is dumb. Um, so we've talked about the fight. We talked about the post-fight interview. Now we got to talk about the aftermath because there's been quite a bit that's happened since the fight. Mm. Uh, obviously you got your post-fight interviews you got connor you've got dana uh post post-fight press conference i'm sorry
1: what? damn why did you say his name like that dana. What did, I,
0: did, I, did i say oh, it bad god. i didn't mean that oh my god no <laughs> no, no no i didn't mean anything <laughs> negative but so i'm just messing with you <laughs> <laughs> so they they had their press conferences and my initial thought after this win and we kind of talked about how i didn't really feel like it meant a lot in terms of boosting him up my initial thought was oh man there's ufc 248s coming up in march this is a perfect time for connor to fight jorge like you you only have a small window on jorge right mm-hmm. because if jorge loses a fight all the 2019 momentum goes away so if you right, have him but, fight but Usman, like,
1: when have we ever known the ufc to strike while the iron's hot
0: right so here's what's <laughs> funny about this So like afterwards I tweet out, I'm like, yeah, the fight to make is Masvidal due to 248. Connor's already ready to go quick turnaround. It'll be great. People will love it. And then Dana does the press conference. And the first thing Dana says is, oh my God, we got to do Connor versus Habib too.
1: And I'm like, what? Wait, the first thing Dana says is that he needs to fight Habib a second time.
0: Yes. That's like the fight. Like we have to make that fight. And I'm thinking, like, why do we have to make that fight? And then he starts comparing it to Ali Frazier and, like, all these other great rivalries. And I'm like, this is what is happening right now. And he keeps talking about it. And I'm like, it's at that point I realized they're going to make that fight happen no matter what. There is no other fight because here's here's the logic I think the UFC is thinking. Of every Conor fight available at the moment, the one that will probably sell the most is Habib 2 only because of their bad blood. So, I mean, Dana's thinking I sorry, can't lose that fight. Oh no 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 no! Uh, and I'll, I'm sorry. Then I'll let you I'll let you go here uh, mm, after go I it. get this sla- this a little sla- point in. So he's thinking I can't afford Connor to lose to Jorge or Connor to lose to Usman or Connor to lose to anybody before he fights Habib. Otherwise, that fight that could potentially be the biggest fight we've ever put on is gone. So Dana, I feel like, is going to try to protect that fight at all costs. And Tony Ferguson better watch his back because I swear to God, they they are so – Tony trips down some stairs. Somebody better make sure nobody pushed him. I'm just kidding. But uh, like that, he is – I'm telling you right now, when Dana's that set on something, nothing else is happening 100%. The next time we see Connor in the cage, it'll be Habib.
1: Now, I guess you don't, you don't want to see that fight.
0: I'm not saying I don't want to see it. I'm saying I thought it made more sense since, like, Habib's fighting Tony uh, in April, and then, you know, Habib has Ramadan, so he won't fight again until, like, in the fall. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll have Conor fight Jorge first, gain a little bit more momentum after that, you know, if right. he beats him. And then, yeah, fight fight Habib in September if you want to do that. That's right. fine. I'm not saying he can't or shouldn't fight him. I'm saying I thought that would be the road they would take. I but see. now it's pretty clear to me that we're probably not going to see Connor unless Tony falls out in April somehow. Mm. I don't think we're going to see Connor fight again <laughs> until September.
1: I love the way you said that. <laughs> Tony falls out in April somehow out of a fourth story window.
0: Right. See, exactly. <laughs> he falls out as in
1: out of a fourth story window. <laughs>
0: that yeah. So to be at
1: Zufa headquarters.
0: Right? Like Dana's (laughs) office? No. So, but seriously, like. Something
1: bad happened at the Performance Institute today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's so funny. No, but like, so my theory right now is we're not going to see Connor until September. Guarantee it. He wants to fight a whole bunch this year. He's not fighting again until September.
1: Yeah. I think with somebody like Connor, like, I don't know, perhaps the UFC is looking at it from a perspective that they don't need five Conor fights in a year, right? Like that could water him down a little bit. Um, They need Conor fights where he's fighting the toughest. And to me, even though it was clear who the better man was in that fight, in their first fight, I think that one of the things that, honestly, like I feel like it's one of the only things that I really find Interesting about Conor McGregor and compelling about him is, you know, when when we strip away, I'm talking about Conor McGregor the man, not like the athlete, right? Because right, right, clearly he's he's a great athlete, you know. Um, but one of the things that I find compelling about him and his story that makes him sellable is his response to defeat, which is why I was kind of surprised by his response. At the post fight, like he had just gone full. It's like he wanted to wait until he had a for sure win before he like mouthed off like he normally does. You know, like it took two seconds of being a winner for him to revert back to who he was before, you know. Um, (laughs) But I think that one of the things that I did always find incredibly compelling about him is even when he was defeated. He genuinely gave props to the person that he was fighting. Gracious in defeat, right? Like he used to say. That right, all the time. yeah. And he didn't pull a Ronda Rousey. He didn't disappear after a loss. He 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 said, "Okay, time to humble myself. Give credit where credit is due, go back to the drawing board and keep pushing and then come back and try to avenge the loss. And so I feel like when you get to these guys, and the same could be said about like DC and John Jones, um, like Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, when you get to these fighters, where they're not just good anymore, they're not just great anymore, they become like mythical legends, like kids say, if you say Conor McGregor in the mirror three times, he like shows up and punches you in the face. Like <laughs> you reach like this urban legend status, right? When somebody breaks the fallacy, somebody breaks the legend. Somebody shows like that little chink in the armor, like that little, um, the crack in in, in this in this solid structure. You have to patch that back up again in the eyes of the people that are watching you, and he's never backed down from that challenge. And so, for him to not like, if he goes the route of like handpicking these rando fights, these random fights, these like inconsequential fights, where like we know there's a bad man that's out there, like your El Cucuy, your boogeyman, you know? Right? I, you have to face that man again. It's like DC, like, like, I can't, I can't look at DC the same way because he's got his boogeyman out there and he has refused to face him. Ronda Rousey, like, I can't look at her the same way because she's got several boogie women out there and she never like wanted to really, you know, even when she was champ, like she wouldn't fight cyborgs. She wouldn't, she didn't want to push herself. She wanted to stay safe. And with Connor, I never felt that. Like, I never felt like he was handpicking people that he knew for sure he could beat. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It was like, who's the hardest hardest guy that that I can take on right now? Okay, that's who I want. Right. Yeah, definitely. So for him to fight anybody other than his boogeyman immediately is like, regardless of how good Cerrone is, is like, okay, what does that mean? Like, why aren't you fighting the boogeyman? You know, um, why aren't you waiting for him now? OK, so he has this fight with Cerrone. I, I I feel like you have to go back to that legendary status. Like you can't retract what you've said in motion here. He beat you fair right. and square. Diaz did as well. You came back and you avenged the loss. You did it with grace. You, you, you know, people will debate all day on like who the actual winner of that fight was. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, okay? Right, but it was a great he fight. He, he put fight. up a great effort. Oh, it was yeah. a great fight, yeah. Um, I want to see that again. Like I said, like that push of T. Like, I want to see, okay, you're upset. I want to see what you look like when you get angry. Boss up to, the, to the, the person that defeated you. That's, I almost see it as, this might be a bad analogy, but that's the starting point. Nurmagomedov is the starting point for Conor McGregor.
0: Oh yeah, any, no. Any one fight without a that he
1: takes that is, you know, air quotes, beneath your off is a run in the opposite direction of, of you know, of uh, courage. You have to start there and then push yourself farther than that. Otherwise, if you're not if you're not willing to go there, then nothing seems to matter. And we've seen this play out in actual in an actual fighter's career when ronda rousey became completely unbeatable in her division who's the fight that everybody wanted to see her make not holly Holm. nobody expected the holly win you know right everybody was like why are you always ducking cyborg like why won't you fight cyborg you know and so any fight that she took that wasn't against the best as the champion was seen as oh you're fighting bums you're fighting people that have been handed to you. You've, you've hand picked because you feel like you you're you can confidently beat them. Yeah, that was that is the starting point, you know, because you've put yourself in a specific premium luxury bracket. So if I see you, the the Gucci or the coach or the Hermes of MMA fighting a target brand, I'm like, what's up with that? <laughs> right? So you've set yourself apart as this, as this legend, as this, you know, top tier, and you're you're sure as hell getting paid like it. Now I want to see you go back to the man that beat you, and I want you to avenge that, because you can't claim you're the best and the champ, champ, and the this and that, when there is a man out there that still has a part of your soul. Like you got to go get that back. You know, and he did it with oh, Diaz. Oh no, question. And so I don't see him as like backing down from that challenge. Like I, it makes sense to me when weaving a story, especially considering how personal. I mean, look at look at the look at the lengths that that fighters go to, like to create fake beef. Like this is right, one hundred percent, like unscripted. Oh like, no, yeah, reality show. Like the 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 levels of debauchery that this thing went down, you know, it's real and it's there. And I can't see I can't see any other fight for him. So I get I guess my whole <laughs> I went on for like five hours about that. My my thing is is I can't see him fight anybody else, even if that means that he only fights once a year until that fight happens. You know, if he has to wait right for that fight again. Like, it's not Nurmagomedov's fault that Conor McGregor took a fucking break and that fights are set up for him. You know what I mean? Like, he has to wait. He has to wait for that shot because who else is he going to fight in the meantime?
0: Well, and see, that's the problem. So, Connor wants to fight all of us, you know, now that we got this new Connor, he's back, he's sober, you know, he's focused again. He I don't doesn't want to fight once a year
1: like the focus sober bullshit i just don't like you're just who you are you know what i mean
0: well no i'm just saying like he wants to fight a bunch now he Mm -hmm. doesn't want to like sit around and do nothing i see so he would fight anybody i genuinely think so it's why he chose cowboy because to him he thought why not like it doesn't make any sense to anybody else but to him even like how he called out paul felder like that i genuinely think he thinks like I'm going to fight five times this year. Right. And it's going to be a conflict between him and the UFC. Because the UFC is thinking like we're thinking. They're going to say, no, you're not doing shit until you get in there with Habib. Because we're not risking losing that fight.
1: Right. It's a smart move on their part.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, business-wise, 100%. Yeah.
1: Okay, so run me through again, like, every single person that he called out on the post-fight. Since I, it was, like, boosted to the point that it was in another language.
0: Well, he said... I'll take on all you mouthy fools. And then he mentioned Paul Felder specifically. And then he mentioned Jorge. But in his post-fight press conference, he talked about Usman. He talked about Jorge. He talked about Habib. He talked about Mayweather. He talked about Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's all over the place. He wants to fight. They asked him, when do you want to fight again? He said, very soon. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't even get hit. So it really he doesn't even he could fight on the next week's card. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, Um, but yeah, so he clearly wants to stay active. But the question is, if you're going to stay active and Dana White sounds so hellbent on him and Habib to next and you made such a great argument as to why business wise, legacy wise and everything else wise that is the fight to make for connor then you're gonna have a conflict because he this guy wants to it sounds like he really wants to keep going and the ufc is gonna be like well you know other than if maybe tony drops out in april which would be ideal for the ufc which is why i said tony watch it back but other than that he would have to wait until september to fight habib yeah. and there's no like obviously look beating donald Cerrone does not that should not grant you a title fight we're obviously already talking about ridiculous scenarios here
1: mm-hmm.
0: right like there are other people in line for these titles that th- like you know you've you fought twice at welterweight in your entire career you beat nate diaz and donald cerrone you don't you shouldn't be fighting for the welterweight title right you shouldn't but he probably will at some point point. and then the like, if he beat jorge okay then you have a more legitimate argument for welterweight but in terms of lightweight right now again like realistically he shouldn't be fighting habib he should not even have fought habib the first time because if you recall he beats eddie alvarez and then he's gone for two years like okay i get it like yes two years but like you were the champion but realistically any other situation that wasn't conor mcgregor you're not fighting for a title next you're gonna you're gonna have to fight somebody else at least once probably right unless you're gsp which again a big star so unless you're a giant star, which obviously Connor's the biggest star ever. So even that situation was a bit, you know, eh. And then now you've got Tony Ferguson finally getting his shot. But a guy like Justin Gaethje, who's number three. Like, if, if he would have came in, that's that's who he should have fought instead of Donald. He should have fought Justin Gaethje. The stakes would have been pretty high there. And had he beat Justin Gaethje, people would be like, yeah, give him Habib next. It would have made total sense. But we went this cowboy route, and now here we are. But... Obviously, none of that stuff really matters in terms of, we've already seen the UFC make more than one exception and more than one occasion. Hell, y- Yoel Romero's fighting again for a title, uh, as is Jose Aldo now against Henry Cejudo. It's like, you know, or they're trying to make that fight. So, obviously, that stuff doesn't matter, and of course, they're going to make the most exceptions for Conor. I'm not saying they wouldn't, I'm not dumb, but realistically... It shouldn't normally happen, but yeah, it's a weird spot right now. I feel like Dana and Connor are going to have some conflict here because Connor's going to want to be active. Dana's going to want him to fight Habib. And there's really not going to be any compromise there by the UFC because they don't want to potentially spoil how big that fight could be where it is right now. Connor just had an amazing win. Yeah, you could still give him the fight after a loss, but it's going to start, you're going to start losing some returns there. Right, so, like they need to set this fight up as quickly as possible to get the maximum out of it, and I think that's what Dana's thinking right now,
1: mm-hmm. so who knows? I don't think there's gonna be conflict, like there's so much maybe they're maybe he won't he won't be happy, McGregor, but like, I don't see there being conflict. I mean, if Dana says mm-hmm. you're not fighting, that's just it, you know what I mean, other than throwing right. a tantrum, there's really not much you can do about it,
0: well, no, of and course, I think for, like they don't have you know, to you yeah. might.
1: He might see it as for his own benefit too, because he wants to make that paper, and that's the fight for sure. That's probably gonna do the most numbers. If you, if you, if he didn't fight Habib, who would you have him fight next? Like, who would be your ideal?
0: Oh, I just said, I just said, fight Jorge in in uh, in uh, March. That makes sense to me in yeah, terms of be. like a yeah,
1: that would be a great fan fight.
0: friendly fight. Like Jorge is really popular at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of momentum. He wants that fight over a title fight because he knows it'll make him more money. Right. Or he does.
1: So like <laughs> speaking of did he was he wearing a robe last night? He was wearing the exact same robe Connor wore
0: during a workout for Floyd Mayweather.
1: Oh, my uh, Versace God. Versace. That's robe. so funny. Literally the exact same one. That is so funny. Yeah. The mind games, though.
0: Oh my god, you should have heard Connor dismiss it. He fucking buried him. What did he say? He was like, he was like, Yeah, I saw that. He's like, What was that about? He's like, That didn't make any sense. He's like, Why did you wear the same thing? He's like, I gave that to my nan. My nan wears that now.
1: Oh, please. He's like, What
0: what did you I know? It was just the way he dismissed it. And he was like, It was not a good night for Jorge. He's like, uh, God loves a trier. That's what he said. Oh
1: my god. That's that's what he said about him. I
0: know. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, I was like, oh man, poor, poor Jorge there. He got buried. I don't but know yeah, about that. I, 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 saw mean, I think that. the
1: point is to like, get him to talk about it, you know?
0: Well, yeah, no, of course. Like he's, he's in his mouth and, and he's talking about him. You're mm-hmm. totally right. I didn't think it was that big of a, a slight, but uh, there were a lot of people who were like, oh man, Connor just took it to Jorge. <laughs> I'm like, eh. But yeah, like to me, that fight makes the most sense in terms of where Connor is right now. Yeah. And then when you, if you beat him, which I think Connor could, I'm not saying he couldn't beat him. I think it would be a good fight and potentially, you know, but like if Connor beats him, then look at all the momentum he has going into the summer where he could then fight either Usman or yeah. wait until September and get that fight with Habib yeah. or Tony if Tony wins, you know? So, and look like Dana's already got contingencies on top of things because they asked him, what if Tony wins? And he's like, look, guys, Connor wants that belt back. So, like, they would immediately throw Connor in with Tony, hoping to God that Connor wins so he could then fight Habib again. Right. Like, they've got, so they've got, like, contingencies on contingencies to make sure that Connor Habib 2 happens. Oh, boy. I know. That Here we are again, right?
1: Right. I, uh, honestly, either fight would be a great fight. I definitely feel like the drama would be just, like, ridiculous with both of them
0: oh my god
1: uh jorge because he talks just hella reckless right like he doesn't care and obviously habib because he's got all that history with him you know um yeah hopefully we'll see we'll see i feel like once we see what next fight he has if he's the one that like picked that fight We'll kind of see where he's at, where his headspace is, McGregor. Because if he's like, I yeah. want to fight Dennis Seaver again, then it's like, Houston, we got a problem, you know? Right. <laughs> the man, no, like the man's said, been broken, you know? He did
0: <laughs> He did mention Habib specifically uh, later, and but he said, like, that fight, he's like, I'm not in any rush for that fight. He's like, I know that fight will come, and I want something sooner than that. We'll see. I saw somebody on Twitter, and I'm not going to be able to find the tweet, so I apologize to whoever you are whose tweet I saw, and I'm about to steal the idea from because it was brilliant, but they were talking about, like, just sort of the, I don't know, like you said, the drama that comes with Conor McGregor being back in MMA, it's like, obviously there's an upside because business is big, but it's also like, my God, like, we're already talking about all this crazy shit. And then like you said if if when they announce Habib Connor 2 just the the shit show that that's going to be <laughs> from start to finish they said uh, they mentioned the the um this expression that uh was like allegedly like a Chinese curse mm. may you live in interesting times <laughs> oh <my> like <laughs> like to say like you know I hope the times you're in are insane right um and that's the, so the, you great. know yeah, and again, I, I don't know who said that on Twitter, I can't remember, so I apologize if you're listening to this and it was you. I wish I could give you credit, but I'm never going to be able to find it again because it was in the middle of somebody else's conversation when I read it last night, mm. or this morning. But yeah, <laughs> that is truly where we are at MMA. It's like when Conor's around, business is big, but my God, it is going to be... This 2020 is going to be fucking wild, guys.
1: Mm. Uh, anything else that we... Yeah, so, I mean, like, you see,
0: you kind of talked briefly about the rest of the card. I mean, Holly got a good win, but like you said, the fight was just really not an exciting one. There was a lot of clinch work there. Referee probably could have broke them up a little bit more than he did, uh, but not to say that, that Holly didn't have a great performance. She obviously did. Dude, um, Alexi Maurice, got
1: Maurice Green? Uh-huh. Like, did you see that fight? Oh, yeah. The amount of heart that kid has.
0: Right? To be in I that cannot. freaking lock. Oh, my God.
1: I can't even believe, like, the high drama of these huge guys not punching each other around, right? Like you would expect. Rather just on the ground. Like, it's so backwards. It was amazing! But, like, the drama of, like, if he was going to tap and, like, him getting out and then, like, getting trapped again. And honestly, like, that kid has so much heart. He... Like, if you need a heart transplant, you better you better be careful. You better be like real that. careful because <laughs> they might stuff this guy in your chest by accident. Like, that's how much <laughs> fucking heart that kid has. I cannot believe... I mean, n- most people would have tapped. Oh, yeah. Like, well into the beginning of that fight. I cannot believe he danced with this guy as hard as he did like <laughs> yeah. i, I want to see him fight it's one of those perfect examples of when somebody fights and they don't win but like they won right like we want to see him yeah again, yeah you know? exactly no i
0: totally felt that way too yeah that was great i mean it was just all, all around good feels because you got Alexi Olenek, who's just, you know, he's, he literally is the first fighter ever to win a fight in four different decades. And, uh, to, to still be doing it like he's doing it yeah. against a guy like Maurice Green, good for him. But you're right. Like Maurice Green, all the, yeah, that fight was great. Like that, that fight was my favorite fight of the night, probably, uh, without a doubt. The drama, like you said, of that, of those holds. It was like, my God. Um. Yeah, I really, really like that one a lot. Uh Brian Keller beat uh Osborne pretty quickly. That the Osborne guy was coming in uh O'Day. He was coming in from um Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series and unfortunately didn't have a very good showing, but I'm sure he'll be fine. He'll be back. Uh Lightweight, another loss for Anthony Pettis in a row. Uh Carlos Diego Fajeda just you know. It is what it is. I don't know. Pettis is hit and miss lately. Um I don't know where he goes from here, though. That was kind of a sad one, but the, ah, uh, the big upset. Roxy Bonifari beat Macy Barber. My right? God. I was so happy for her she's because i like, kind of, she really has, but like, it's like, I was low key kind of getting annoyed by Macy Barber recently. Not going to lie. Just like the hype around her, I thought was a little bit too ridiculous. Uh, and the way she's been kind of on social media, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm a fan of you. I honestly don't know if I'm a fan and obviously everybody loves Roxy. Cause she's just like the nicest person on the planet. So to see her get that win. And I know, you know, Macy hurt her knee in the second round, but she also got it taken to her in the first and I'm sure it would have continued, but yeah, what a great win for her. Um, it was an okay card. It definitely wasn't like one that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Obviously you'll remember Connor because it was his big comeback and it was a big moment. But like, um, yeah, definitely not one that I'm like, wow, this is why I love MMA. Like it right. was just a night, you know? So, but it's on, it's on to the next one. It's on to the, we're, we're rolling. 20, 2020 is already stacked up with a, cr- a lot of crazy stuff and we're just getting started. I mean, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes is, Literally two weeks away, right? three weeks away.
1: It's on and popping. so I mean
0: we're my God, yeah, it's uh it's going down. So yeah, but the, that was that was two forty six. Any any other last thoughts on the card?
1: I think it was a weird start to a new year. A new decade but let's see where mm-hmm. it goes yeah i feel like the way that they're lining these cards up there i feel like this year is going to be better for them than a lot of the last couple of years you know
0: i think so too i think we're in for a good one i think 2020 is gonna be pretty fucking awesome so lots to lots to see lots to do and we'll be here for all of it with all of you guys talking about whatever's going on and uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun so keep keep with us and Stay tuned, and yeah, it was a good times. Good way to start 2020. We got two shows in the in the can, and rolling on for next Wednesday. Yep. Fuck yeah! All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this. We'll talk to you then. Naya.
1: Pew pew.
0: There it is.